Welcome to Annunciation with Father David. Father David is the priest at Annunciation Greek Orthodox Church in Decatur, Illinois, where every week people are connected to the ancient wisdom of Orthodox Christianity. Here is Father David. Christ is in our midst. Good morning. Now in our study and meditation upon the Divine Liturgy, we have now entered into a different portion of the liturgy. Because we just ended the homily, and the homily marks the end of what is called the Liturgy of the Word. It is a liturgy about the study of Scripture, about teaching Scripture, about encountering God through Scripture. And now we begin the process of getting ready for the second part of the liturgy, which is focused around the Eucharist. And the first step that the church takes in preparing for this grand step towards taking communion, of having Christ himself enter into our person, is what is known as the long supplication or the fervent supplication. It is a set of prayers about us. For example, we pray for devout and orthodox Christians. We pray for our archbishop. We pray for our brothers, the priests, the higher monks, the higher deacons, monastics, and all our brotherhood in Christ. We pray for mercy, life, and peace. It's all about us because we need to have God's mercy in order to proceed towards this moment where we are to have Christ himself enter into us. And it's called the long supplication because in ancient texts, this particular set of petitions was quite long. If you think the Orthodox liturgy is long, just go back in time and look at some of the texts of earlier versions of the liturgy and you will see much longer services. It's also today known as the fervent supplication because we say in response to each of these petitions, Lord have mercy three times, not just once. And in this sense, according to John Chrysostom, we are imitating the woman who had a flow of blood. St. John Chrysostom says uh, she does not beseech James, she does not petition John, she does not approach Peter. She thinks, I have no need of an intermediary. I am taking repentance as my advocate and going to the very source. This is why Christ descended to earth. This is why he took on flesh, so that even I might be able to speak with him. Have mercy on me. So this is what we're doing. We're going to the source himself, Christ our God, and asking him for the mercy required by him to allow us, mere mortals, mere sinners, to dare to approach his altar, his throne, and partake of his body and his blood. And again, this is asking to enter into his kingdom. According to St. Nicholas Cabasilas, to ask mercy from God is to ask for his kingdom, that kingdom Christ promised to give to all who seek it, assuring them that all other things of which they have need 
will be added unto them. That is why this prayer, which achieves all this, suffices for the faithful. Have mercy on us. And then the first thing that we do after asking for the mercy of God to give us what we need in order to approach the altar of God, the kingdom of God, the throne of God, is we have a set of petitions for the catechumens. We pray for them. Now, in the ancient church, when adult baptism was more of the norm, when there was this transition from a pagan culture to a Christian culture, there was a need for an entire class within the Christian church called the catechumen, those who were interested in Christ but were not Christians. And they had a formalized set of things that they needed to do in order to enter the church. Uh, According to the witness of the apostolic constitutions, there was a three-year period between the first inquiries and actually being baptized and allowed to be a regular member of the church. The idea here is that the catechumens don't yet have boldness before the Lord. You and I as children have the ability to have the audacity to stand here and request of God access to his kingdom, access to his throne. Imagine the boldness that would be required of someone going up to a king and saying, give me your throne. That is, in essence, what we are doing today. But the catechumens don't know yet about this intimate relationship that God has granted us. And so it becomes necessary for us to stand in their place and pray for them, even though they are still strangers. And this is an idea that we need to embrace. The fact that we are the people who intercede for those who are strangers to God, strangers to the church, strangers to us. Whereas we don't need that intermediary because again, we have the boldness to go to the source himself. People who do not know God are not familiar with his love and his mercy need that intermediary. They need that person with boldness to stand before God and pray for them because the goal is not to separate ourselves from the rest of humanity. The goal is not to build a wall around our community and not let anybody in, to hide from the world. The goal, rather, is to go into the world and bring the rest of the world into the community. This is why apostles have been sent all around the world, from the Middle East to Europe, to Africa, to Asia, to North America, to South America, to some of the remotest parts of the world, because it is our job to spread the good news, to expand the Garden of Eden that exists here, to transform the land of Nod into the Garden of Paradise. In today's Gospel reading, we see Christ telling a parable of a man who is a stranger, a man of the world, a man who puts his faith in things. He says, look how much stuff I have. Eat, relax, be merry. How many of our fellow Americans, how many of our neighbors think this way? 
And of course, Christ says that God comes to him that very night and says, fool, your soul is required of you now. What good do all of these things do you? This is the very person that needs our prayers. This is the very stranger that needs to be introduced to Christ. And we do that in two ways. One is we pray for them. We have the boldness before God that Abraham did before Sodom and Gomorrah. Two places that in the righteousness of God were wiped from the face of the earth. And yet Abraham stood there with boldness and said, wait, Lord, wait, what if there are 50 people in that city that don't deserve this? What if there's 10? What if there's five? What if there's one? And that is our job today, to stand before God and ask mercy for all of those who do not know him. You know what we ask? We ask that Christ himself, through the mouth of the catechist, and in this case, that's us. And this is the second way that we help these people, is that we catechize, we teach, we go forth and we explain who we are and what we believe in and who God is, so that people are no longer strangers, but they know who this loving and merciful God is. And that through us, through our mouths, that Christ himself will teach them the word of truth, that he will reveal them the gospel of righteousness, that he himself will reach out and make them members of his holy church so that they are no longer strangers, no longer people who have turned their back on God, but children who have the boldness to stand before the throne of God and ask for mercy for all those who do not stand here with us, to ask for mercy that we be allowed to move forward towards having Christ himself, through whom all things were created, enter into us. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit, now and forever, and to the ages of ages.